You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. Uh, This morning, if you're new here, my name is Ryan. I have the honor of being the youth pastor here at the Church of the Apostles, and uh, we're glad that you're here with us. This morning is a little different in nature. We are, we just came back a week ago, not last week, but the week before, from a mission trip to Guatemala, and this morning, what we call this morning is Guatemala Sunday. And so what we're going to do, we've got a video to kind of recap the, uh, recap the trip, and then we're going to ask the team to come up, and they'll be up here on the stage, uh, kind of an interview style. They're going to tell you about our trip and uh, tell you what God did. And uh, then we have one of our students sharing this morning. So we're really excited and and we're glad that you're here. So let's pay attention to the screens. We're going to set up the stage. Y'all give it up for our Guatemala team. Come on now. And so this morning, guys and gals, what we'll do is we have a mic on this side and we have a mic on this side, and I'm going to ask some questions, and if you feel led to to answer a question, you just kind of tap the person that's got the mic and just uh, borrow that, and and we might have a few of you, if you want to answer, that's cool, but we have just a few questions, and we'd like all of you to share, if you don't mind, and uh, I know that these these guys and gals in the crowd would love to hear your thoughts on what God did in, in and through your life this week. So someone tell us where you guys went two weeks ago. Guatemala. 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 Very good. (laughs) Do you remember the towns that you went to? San Pedro La Laguna. San Juan, San Pedro, and Antigua. If you're looking at the uh, if you're looking at the the little map here, that one right there, the little white country at the bottom, that's where Guatemala is, and um, and that's where we had the opportunity of spending a week there. So could someone tell us uh, kind of a rundown of the week? What we kind of we, we started on when, and then just kind of give us a rundown on, and, until we got back. So. so we went down there on... <laughs> why are you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> we, went, we went down there on Saturday, and we took a bus to San Pedro. How long is the bus ride from the airport to... Five hours-ish. Yeah. Ish, probably more. But um, <laughs> then we... Went to Happy Tummies throughout the week, and we helped dig a septic tank for the yep. family. And we played with the kids and the abuelitos, which are like grandparents. And yeah. Awesome. Can someone give us kind of a rundown of a normal day? So we would wake up, have breakfast, devotion, and then we would get on the bus. What would we do in the morning? Let's tell the, tell the folks what we did in the morning time and then in the afternoon. Some of you had different responsibilities throughout the day and throughout the week. Someone share uh, what you did maybe in the morning and then someone in the afternoon or a construction crew person, something like that. Okay. Uh, so first day that we really did stuff was Monday. And what happened was we, we woke up really early. Not really, because you know, there's a two hour time difference. So that was, that was great. And then we woke up, we, we had some really good breakfast. We had, we had eggs and beans and salsa and tortillas and plantains. The plantains were good. And then lots of coffee, gotta get your coffee. So we did that and then Pastor Louise talked to us. He gave us a lesson um, from the Bible. That was, it was really great to hear him. This week he, you know, he, he talked to us about prayer and you know, how different prayers you know, come at different times and when to pick and choose how to pray. 
And so that was really helpful, and we got to hear that every morning, and it was great. And then we would hear what we were going to do that day, and we got we hopped on the bus, the Guatemalan bus that you know it's like you, you had this much space between the seats. It was like, yeah. So co coach on the plane on the way back was way more legroom than we were used to, so that was awesome. Um, so we'd get on the bus and we'd go to, um, we went to Happy Tummies in San Juan? Yep. Yes. And oh, Pana Bar was the first day. So they've got, they've got lots of Happy Tummies locations all over the place um, around the lake. And basically it's a, it's a program where kids can come and eat when they don't have like food secure households where they don't know if they're, you know, when they're going to have their next meal. So they come to Happy Tummies and they get a meal and Happy Tummies gives them a lesson or a craft about Jesus. And so we go, we go to Happy Tummies and we play with the kids. We have tons of fun. We, we give them that meal. We help them with their lesson. And some of us will go do work on a house or a wall or, you know, dig a hole. That was just fun. And, and others will go to, on house visits and, you know, they'll take, they'll take um, food and other things that are, you know, rather expensive there and they'll take a big bag and they'll, you know, minister to the household that they're taking it to. And so those are, those are great. Um, I know that, you know, some other people have some great stories from those, but that's pretty much what we do in a whole day. And then we come home and we eat. We have lots more coffee, and then we we have our we have our um, small group together as you know an apostles group, and then we hang out and go to bed. So it's fun. Awesome. So in the morning, you guys hung out with the children. In the afternoon, you hung out with the older folks, the abuelitos. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. So the grandparents were in the morning. In the, in the afternoon, the because uh, I was thinking of Pana Bar. Uh, in the afternoon, the, uh, the kids. And uh, what, what kind of things did you do with the grandparents? What, what were some, some of the stuff that you did? We did a whole bunch of dancing. We did dancing and we did a bunch of arts and crafts. Um, usually, I know here, like, yeah, we did a bunch of tango. And then um, we did a bunch of arts and crafts that we had um, thought of before the trip. We made crosses that look like stained glass so they could hang it in their window and, you know, it would shine through. Mm. And it was just a bunch of, like, Oh yeah. yeah, we did. We did some exercises. We had they had these little balls, and they would do like lifting their arms and do a little squat, and then it was the cutest thing. And then we did bingo, and they were competitive. When they won, they let you know they won, and it was it was just really fun. <laughs> Basically, like so, so you mentioned something, Caitlin. That was it was pretty cool. In the mornings, uh, you guys did crafts with the, uh, the abuelitos, and then in the afternoon, some of you guys, and sometimes in the morning, but it was more in the afternoon, I think, that you guys did a, uh, y'all would go on house visits. Uh, Caleb mentioned that a second ago. Someone explain what a house visit is kind of more in depth, and something that you saw that, that the abuelitos maybe had done in the morning time. Did you see those at the houses that you went to? Did you notice what they had done, maybe the impact that they had, uh, or the things that you did had on the older folks there? Uh, could someone speak to that? The house visits were great. Okay, like, 
We did them wherever we went. So in Pana Bar, we did one, and then or did a couple, and then in San Pedro or San Juan, whichever San Juan, and then um, we did uh, house visits there. And a house visit is where um, a couple of us, well, a, a group of us, would go to visit someone, and like our translator would ask if we could come in and pray for them, or, and then so we would come in get in a circle and we would look, you know, see their house and um, we would talk about them and how their life is going and how, like, what what they're doing and and then uh, we would pray over them, which was really cool. But there was one house visit in particular that was really cool. It was in Abolito. We went to her house, which was actually really big for, for, um, for a Guatemalan house. It was not as concrete block as I thought it, that as the other ones that I've went to and uh, she had actually decorated it really nice and we went in and um, she was very sweet and she talked about her husband who had just recently died and um, uh, said that the Abuelita's program gave her something to do and some way to make friends so she could actually she actually looked forward to it and um, was distracted by it, which she said she loved. And it, she said it just brought life, you know, back into her, and it was so great. She we she led us into a room, and she actually showed us all of the crafts that she has ever made in Abuelitos uh -huh. was in one room, like all of them. Like and there was some in a bag. She had framed stuff. The there was actually the craft that we did the day before, or the yeah with the with the cross. It was, well, we did it that day. She went home after that day, framed pictures of because we had Polaroids, so we would take Polaroid pictures and then give it to the to give it to them. And she had framed pictures of like Rachel and other people that she had taken taken pictures with in a frame already nailed to the wall, hmm. and it was all there. And she was so her entire family and her were so happy that it was something that they could do. Felicity, since you have the yeah. mic, would you explain what a house, a typical house there, is it like the houses that we have here, or what, what's, what's different, and it kind of explain what a, maybe a house would look like that a, that a person or a family would live in? Well, like, you know how, like, the roofs have, like, some roofs is just, like, a sheet of, like, metal, just, like, here as well? That's, like, what their house is made out of, and it's, like, three chairs wide, three chairs long. Hmm. Like, just, it's, like, really small. Like, we went to one, and we are like, like, my head, I was like, can we even all fit in here? And there was, like, five of us. And I remember one had, like, a little stove, and I'm just like, wait, where are they sleeping? It was so small, and it's, like, some are made out of, like, bricks and stuff. Like, I know we made some with bricks, but the houses, like, don't even compare to the size of many people's rooms, so. Hmm. To give you guys a, a comparison, the chairs that are in the middle section would be two to three times the size of a house in Guatemala. And that would sleep their family, sons and daughters, uh, that would have their, their um, kitchen, it would have their bed, uh, everything in one room. And did they have any carpet on the floor? Did they have concrete on the floor? They had dirt. Dirt, dirt floors. Uh, no doors. Most of the doors we went through. Uh, I don't know about you guys. When we went on house visits, they just had a curtain, and that was the door. So uh, the difference 
there, there are a ton of differences. Um, and then some of you actually got a chance to build a house and then dig what we thought at first was a well. And then, uh, oh, how the turntables turned at the end because we found out that it was something different, a little, uh, a little different. Would someone tell us about the, uh, the house that you guys worked on? Uh, so when we went to... <laughs> uh, when we went to um, the Happy Tummies in San Juan, we there was a house. It was probably like a football field away from the building that we went to, and it was, you know, they hadn't really started it yet. So I think the second or third day we were there, we started working on it, and there was a hole that we thought was going to be like a well that they get water from that turned out to be a septic tank. But it was it was probably like, yeah, they told us at the beginning of the week, but. Um, it was about two feet deep when we got there, and when we left, Caleb would get down in the hole and be like, his head would be three feet below where the hole started. No, 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 no. It was two. It was two Caleb's. Okay. That's how we measured. That's how we measured. Two Caleb's in a Clark. Translation: How many feet? Yeah, exactly. That's Guatemalan. That's how we. Yeah. So. <laughs> So and it was it was actually a pretty big house that we were building because it was it was one like it was one house that was it was a kind of a, it was a bigger room and then there was a door and another box basically that was supposed to be a kitchen um, and it was probably I don't know it was probably as big as the stage the kitchen was and the house was about twice as big as the kitchen was so it was, it was a you know it was a big house and we got to build up the uh, walls of the house a little bit, but digging the hole was definitely a lot of fun. Hmm. We got to listen to a lot of music, too. That was a good part. <laughs> and and you guys, some of you guys started working on a wall. I know that was kind of a retaining wall, and uh, and that was pretty neat. These guys and gals, just to kind of inter, interject this before we go on to the next question, the guys and gals on the stage, um, they saw a need and they responded to the need. One of the needs were, were actual tools that the Guatemalans, it, the stuff's pretty expensive down there. And uh, everything's made out of concrete blocks and rebar uh, to, to tie the concrete together. And they needed uh, something to cut the rebar. And what rebar is, is it's about a inch in diameter, sometimes smaller uh, piece of bar that's 20 feet long, and they didn't have anything to cut it. They were using a hacksaw, if you know it, and just, and just doing work on it. These guys and gals, I saw the need. I walked inside, and I said, what would you guys think about uh, taking up a little donation? Would you guys like to give to buy them a, a, a proper cutter, a grinder? And um, within, no joke, five minutes, we had, uh, what was it, uh, Sean? It was a, a thousand cues. A thousand, uh, a thousand cues. A thousand cues within five minutes. These guys and gals didn't waste any time. They saw the need. They jumped on it. And it was just awesome. Their hearts were bent towards serving uh, in whatever way possible. And it was just, it, it, was, it was awesome. Um, and so to, to kind of ride on that a little bit, there were challenges that we faced. There were challenges in building. There were challenges where we... Uh, just kind of different things, even with language. Did, did any of you have any challenges that you can think of? And then how did you overcome those challenges? Um, whether it be building, maybe it was your first time, or it was a conversation with people. How, can someone speak to that? Or did, did everything seem to 
Team the flow, uh, seen the flow? I would take like Spencer or Anna. Cause I, oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> that. Um, Spencer and Anna both really know Spanish very well, so I would just kind of go to them, just be like, hey, translate. But um, <laughs> other than that, it was more just hand gestures. Um, I know like bare minimum of Spanish, and it was just like, hmm. how long do you want this? Right. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, just real quick, how many of y'all, this was your first time to Guatemala? Awesome. And then how many of y'all, this was your first mission trip ever? Okay, so, so just, just a few of you. And, and so uh, a lot of returning guys and gals, then uh, uh, some first-timers. Um, what did you learn about the people in Guatemala? Tell us about what you learned about the people that you served um, maybe in their walk with Christ or just anything that you learned in a, in a spiritual realm? What did you learn about the, learn about the people? I guess, um, I guess I would say Guatemalans are the most grateful people I've ever met and they're the most, I say, joyful or happy because they don't have as much as we do, but they still live life to the fullest. Like yeah. <clears throat> they might have a house that's as big as my closet, but they still love each other and enjoy life and have fun without complaining about um, what they don't have. And I, I know when we went to visit one of the Abuelitos, um, she was talking about how she had to, she, was, she got really sick a few years ago and she was on the verge of death. And so her and her family sold all of their things thinking that she wasn't going to live, but she survived and she got better. And so for a few years, her and her family were struggling because they hadn't, they didn't have any of their beds or their stove, they didn't have anything. But she said that through their relationships with the family, it was easier for them to get through the hardships. Mm. Someone else will speak to that? Yeah, so um, another thing that, so Spencer was talking about a house visit and I went on the same one and this lady really touched a lot of our hearts. Her name's Ines and um, we spent a lot of time with her. We spent like two hours with her, mm -hmm. literally just talking to her about her life. And I think despite like not being able to, having to translate through two people because we had to translate from English to Spanish and Spanish to Mayan so they could understand. And even through that, we were still able to like love on her in a way that was super genuine and awesome. Mm. And I think we all felt that there, especially them and their family, because the next day she came to Abuelitos, even though the Abuelitos weren't supposed to be there, they had a party they were going to. <laughs> um, but she walked all the way from her house to us and, um, came and gave each of the people who were at our house a napkin. And this is so amazing to me, because like, I didn't know that this, I'm, I'm kind of stupid about this, but I didn't know that this was a thing. So she takes the thread, and she like weaves the patterns, and then she takes that pattern, and then she like weaves actual things, and y'all all probably knew that. And she, but she did that all for like each and every one of us, and there was about 11 or 10 or so. Yeah, 10 of us who were in her house, and she, and we came to her house around like 3 o'clock. She, she, she grinded out, and so that was like, 
That was one of the things that I noticed is us coming to her house for two hours equated to her making something for each and every one of us, like a personal thing. Mm. And so that was one of the things that I noticed, especially out of the Abuelitos and all the home visits, is those people, I mean, they are so loving and caring and grateful. Mm. They, like, really love us, and we really love them, too, mm. so... What was something you guys learned maybe about God on this trip? What was something that, that God spoke to you about himself? Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I learned this week was after the first day that we were at Happy Tummies, um, we got back and we were doing our Bible study after dinner. Uh, I think it was like Tuesday night. And um, I was just uh, praying and asking God to show me something. Um, you know, that would, that would stick with me for a long time. And, you know, just some popped in my head. And I think the way that these kids, when we, when we come to Happy Tummies, all they want to do is climb all over us and give us hugs and play with us. And they just have, like, unlimited energy, you know, to play for as long as they want. And... I think the way, and, and they just receive us with so much love and gratitude, and they just don't, they don't care that, that, that we don't speak their language. Um, but I think that the one thing that I learned from this week is that the way that those kids receive us is the way that we need to receive Christ in our spirit. Um, just within, with an unconditional type of thank you for being here and thank you for loving me. Um, you know, come play with me. So that's, that's what I learned. To, to speak to that, I want to brag on Will. Um, there was one one day, and I can't. There was a couple of days that this happened, but I mean, he's a big dude. But the, it seems like the smallest of the kids want to want to come hang out with Will. And there were two days where uh, two little kids um, climbed up in his lap, and there was one little girl. She was precious, and uh, had a sticker book. And just putting stickers all over <laughs> Will, um, and then there was a there's a little boy who just just he he couldn't have been three months old, and uh, Will was just holding him, and um, it just gave a good picture about what he's saying, just that we can come to God and just crawl up in His lap, and uh, unconditional love. It's just it was what a what an awesome picture uh, of of God's grace and love for us. Someone else want to share what you learned about God on this trip? Something God revealed to you about himself? Uh, yeah, I think one thing that was really, really great to see uh, that week um, in Guatemala was that, you know, when, when, when we come to church on Sundays and every once in a while, you know, we get told, don't, you know, don't just come to church on Sundays, you know, don't, don't just be a Jesus person on Sunday. You know, it's a seven, seven day thing. And to some of us, you know, some of the times for me, at least it, it sounds like, okay, I got, I got to make sure that, you know, I get up and I read my Bible and I pray and I got to make sure that I do these things. But this week gave me a new understanding of that. Um, you know, it's the church of Christ, you know, the body of Christ is not a building. It's not a place you go. It's the people with, you know, the people who Christ is with. And, you know, this week in Guatemala, seeing all the encouragement that everyone gave each other throughout the day, throughout the week, whenever I needed encouragement, it was there. Whenever someone else needed encouragement, it was there. And 
it was great to see how we all lifted each other up as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was great to learn this week. So, Would someone like to share what God showed you about yourself maybe this week? I know a few of you have shared that, kind of interweave that. But God kind of showed you something about yourself this week um, in Guatemala through, through his love. Okay, so um, SK is not here. She's at the beach, and she was one of the girls who came on the trip. And um, the last night, Friday night, I was talking to her about kind of what we had learned on this trip, and we were just kind of diving deep. And she revealed something to me that she had learned, which was really impactful to me too. And she was talking about how we say that we're going to love people like Jesus loves people and that you're all my brothers and sisters in Christ. But when we really think about it, we don't love people in a brother-sister love. We love people in a friendship type of love. And like for all of you sitting here, I love you guys as friends. And what I'm supposed to love you as is brothers and sisters. Hmm. And so that was really something that kind of burdened my heart on the last day, um, just about how I, the love that Jesus has is like a sacrifice yourself and like always putting yourself on the line to like over your friends. And that was the kind of thing that I learned from like SK and I talking basically just wanting to be and to love more like um, brother and sister love. Hmm. So, yeah. One of the adults like to speak to that. What did God showed you about yourself through, through him? I'd like to share one thing that um, it kind of God showed me the power of students in ministry. I was talking to one of the leaders at Impacto where we were serving, and she said that they look forward to STS because it's, they said that we're the most fun group that they have, and they have a lot of churches that just send adults. We sent 25 students, mm. and there were kids at Happy Tummies that remembered some of these guys coming back, and just the impact and the fun that, uh, that we bring and being able to minister students over ministering to these kids and to the Abuelitos was just incredibly powerful. It just um, opened my eyes to how cool everyone here is, and for you, those of you who Think, think about going next year because this is just an awesome trip and it's just a, a blessing to serve with all these students. They're just amazing. Hmm. Someone on this side? This so um, for me, there, there were two things. For the brother and sister thing, with Kristen and this guy right here and now Sean, who's my big bad brother, um, and Ryan, there's just this feel of where I didn't realize how dependent I was on them. And on this trip, I, I emotionally was dependent on them and they were there. And for me, this was my sixth trip. So I don't know how I ever made it without my wife, because she was there for this trip, and I actually slept. I ate well. Everything worked. There was not one person sick on the trip. So I'm just uh, learned about myself that I think I take that for granted of how much I need her. And and now I kind of make it very clear. The last week I've been a big baby, but uh, of just how important it is that my wife is with me. So. This week, this week we uh, in the morning time we had uh, we had our morning devotions and and we were going through the book of First John and then in the evenings we would uh, we had this big Eno City kind of deal that we had uh, I think we counted twelve fifteen Enos hanging up all around the place it was pretty awesome but we'd have worship and uh, kind of debrief what we read and talk about what God uh, kind of showed us uh, through the through the day 
and then what can we take? Uh, I talked to Chris this week, and I've asked him to kind of share a little bit about that, um, about what we've read and how it kind of impacted him, and then taking it back to uh, back home. So, Chris, would you share a little bit? Sweet. Okay. Um, so we started out this trip. Um, with our plane flight. And I guess, I don't know, to me, people are like, oh, it's just the plane flight. And I can't help but uh, stare out the window most of the time. And Stuart was sitting in the window seat, so I kind of feel bad for him because I kept on elbowing him, like, open up, back up the window, I want to look out again and get another picture or something. Um, because as you're flying over, it's, I mean, the world is huge and you don't get I'm saying that now, and I can show you pictures and everything, but they won't be able to convey uh, the the grandness of of the earth. Um, and so that was really cool for me. I saw it there. And then we got to Guatemala, and the five-hour bus ride is not a flat five-hour bus ride. It is a <laughs> it is a five it is two and a half hours uphill and two and a half hours downhill on switchbacks on a bumpy road, and pretty much the lake is what, what were we five thousand five hundred feet uh, above sea level, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> altitude sickness. So um, pretty much the lake, though, is ringed by these huge mountains and some volcanoes, which is cool. Um, but the mountains are also huge. And every morning we'd wake up and we'd, I'd look out and it's, I mean, these mountains are big. And um, when we were at San Juan Happy Tummies, um, we were singing songs, I think, with the Abuelitos. And Ryan was leading a song um, and... Part of the song goes, my savior, he can move the mountains. Mm. And it struck me right there. I was looking out at the mountains as we sang that. And I was just like, my God built the mountains with word. And with that same word, he will move the mountains to get to me. Little old me, who's not even as tall as one tree on that mountain. And there are millions of trees in Guatemala. Mm. And he's going to push those mountains aside, whether physical or metaphorically, to get to me. And that was just a testament to his love. And First John was all about his love. Um, so it's, we, um, we were reading about it uh, all this week. And we'd read one chapter a day and then, um, and then talk about it that night. And... It's, it's interesting because we're all such small people who mess up all the time and the overwhelming size, the, the mountainous size of God's love for us is, to, is all just given to each one of us. And we all get that from God and it's important to remember that because when we feel small and the bigness of the earth can make us feel small, but I think for me it... it reminds me of how big God is, that when we're weak, we have someone to strengthen us who said a word and, you know, 5,000 feet of earth just there. I have a verse from First John and from Romans, but I think the Romans verse applies right here. Um, for since, Romans 1, 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. 
And I mean, that's the mountains. We are, it's tough to see that in Atlanta where we don't have mountains, um, but a stone mountain, which is like a little, that's a little rock. That's a little, it, it's, it's stone rock. Um, and yeah, just a little pebble. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess the important thing is that when, when we have that giant love for us from God, we should share that and we should, we should, we should be able to follow God, um, and be unashamed of what he calls us to do. And, um, first John five, three says, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. And the important part there is that his, his commands are not burdensome. If they're burdensome, then we don't, we're not focused on him. And so when we feel challenged by some, to go and minister to somebody or to say an encouraging word to somebody or to reach out in some way, if we're feeling burdened by it, then should, that should startle us and we should think, okay, then do I really care about God? Do I really put him before me? So. Hmm. Thank yeah. you, Chris. We, this summer, we've kind of shifted gears. Amen. <laughs> We've kind of shifted gears from doing uh, camps or retreats this summer to doing our summer of service. Uh, and we've, we've started with Atlanta, and, and we've got some mission trips that we've done, uh, starting with VBS. And, if, and like Rachel said, in three weeks, we have a couple of other mission trips uh, that we're doing, fifth and sixth grade, Atlanta Mission Project, and then seventh through twelfth, we're going to Gilgal, and then to uh, a place called God's Farm and, and serving there. Um, next week, we're taking a team to South Dakota, and we want you to pray for that. But team, I, I would I'd like, and maybe some of you adults as well, um, I would like for you to share maybe why, why would we, why would, or how would you encourage, and why would you encourage others to do some type of mission trip? It doesn't have to be overseas, but it can be at home. But why would you encourage others to serve like you did? And we've got, we've got a, Catherine, then Stuart, then Anna. I would encourage you to do a mission trip because it really opens up your eyes. I mean, you're at home and you're surrounded by the things that you're privileged to have, but when you go on a mission trip, you really see the other side of life. Does that make sense? Like, Especially in Guatemala, they have nothing. They really don't have a lot of things. And then we're over here complaining about like, you know, we don't want what's on the table to eat. You know, we don't have anything to eat, but yet we have a pantry full of food and like pan, uh, fridge full of food. Um, and I really, I really encourage you. It doesn't have to be Guatemala. It can be anywhere. It can be in Atlanta. And, um, there are places in this world that you would think would not need a mission trip. Uh, say like, where are you guys going? South Dakota? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You would think, and it's in the States, you know, you, South Dakota doesn't need, you know, a mission trip, but believe me, it does. 
Um, so does Atlanta, so does every, every single state and country. Um, I really, I really encourage you to do something like that because it really will open up your eyes because you're not able to see a different side of how people live their lives. Um, and God will use you in that way to spread his light. And then also when you spread his light, it would open up to you to see how amazing God is and how you know you can help and serve in your county or wherever. Amen. Stuart? Um, I think that it's a combination of things, but uh, I think you you feel like you impact them with what you did over there and like helping them out with stuff. But I think you come back and I think you're impacted more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like, I remember like in the third grade, we used to like make those shirts where you would like put your hand in paint and then like put it on the shirt. And then you got like a bunch of handprints on your shirt. I feel like that's what um, these trips are like. Cause all these people from Guatemala, they just affect you so much and they leave an imprint on you. Mm. Different fruits of the spirit, but like especially this fruit of joy. Uh, I remember when we were digging the well, like a bunch of the guys here, we were digging the well, we were digging with, don't correct me, Chris, but Lucas and Pedro. Um, It was... (laughs) And uh, it was like... We were, we, we were digging what we thought was a well, and then there's, you know, I think there's two ways to go about it. You could say, you know, it's not going to be fun. Uh, you know, we're going to be 15 feet deep in a hole. There's going to be dirt all over us. We're going to be sweaty. Or you could uh, have fun. So uh, we were playing music. We were, like, dancing to Will's less than manly music. But, um, oh, my gosh. It's so but bad. It was... <laughs> It was it was fun. Like Lucas was dancing, he was we were vibing, but uh, thriving, and uh, it was it was so much fun. And I think that uh, you come back and you're like, man, I had so much fun digging a well that ended up being a toilet. Uh, but like, I think I think when we all come back, uh, I can sit at you know at my desk. Uh, crank out a paper, some math, and be like, this is, you know, I can, I can be joyful in this. Uh, I think that uh, that's like the biggest impact it had on me and I think a lot of the people here. Um, not just with the workers, but really with everybody there. They're just so joyful. So, Thank you, Stuart. Anna? Okay, so I was Mama Anna this whole trip. From bandages to translation to everything under the sun. But I just want to say that I have to brag. These kids are amazing, and they touched me like I've never seen these kids be on. And you should be so proud of your STS um, brothers and sisters because they were a light, and they never complained. And like what Stuart said, um, they were in septic tanks and come out black and full of dirt and we were surrounded by spiders and bugs and humidity, scorpions, we were hungry, we were thirsty, we wanted to throw up on that bus. Um, There were really bad situations and not one of these um, young ladies and gentlemen ever complained to me 
or said one negative thing, and I am so beside myself. And I am blessed to be a part of this team, and I, I am just amazed at how much word and how much uh, knowledge of God these kids reflected to everyone around them including me and I'm just so proud I can't stop bragging about you guys you're awesome you are awesome and I love SES <laughs> you guys thank you Ryan Amen. you guys did an incredible job this week and uh, we're super proud um, of you guys and we thank you for today can we give our, S- our uh, SES Guatemala team, one more round of love. Um, before we close out, just real quick, we're going to pray a little different today. Uh, Anna, I'm going to ask that you pray for us, but you, uh, uh, the pressure will be a little off because I want you to pray in Spanish, if you don't mind. And so, and, and, and here's the cool thing. Okay. That was the language that we spoke this week, and most of you won't understand it. And that's okay, because our God is bigger, he is stronger, and he, can, he knows our hearts. And so as Anna prays, a prayer of blessing, thanksgiving, and just uh, pray over us as we end us out, I think that'll be a really neat way to, to end us out before we go into worship upstairs. So Anna, would you mind? Santísimo Padre, te damos gracias en este día, te damos gracias y te adoramos por todo lo que tú has hecho en Guatemala y en todos los um, viajes de misiones que vamos a estar. Damos tu bendición, danos uh, suerte y danos fortaleza para elevar tu nombre y alabarte en todo lo que hacemos, en todo lo que caminamos, que seamos testigos de tu grandioso misericordia. Te adoramos tanto y te damos gracias porque nos escogiste para ser luz en este mundo. Te adoramos, Padre. Danos el gusto de, de servirte siempre y de ser humilde abajo de tu mano y de tu sobre. Te adoramos y te damos toda la gracia y toda la honra que tú te mereces. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Amen. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at stsalana.org slash podcast. Have a blessed day and hope to see you soon.